listeners to episode two of PioCast, produced by CD High School's Pioneer Digital Media Club. I'm Lucy Gilchrist, and this episode's theme is technology. With the rapid advancement in technology, it's hard to imagine what the world would look like without it. Being able to be with friends from anywhere, de-stress in your own world, and have the answers to any question inside your pocket are things that we should not take for granted. It's amazing to think about what we could experience in the future. Let's begin with the fun stuff and hear from Katie Fisher about the craze that swept the world in 2020, Animal Crossing. After many delays and years of waiting, Nintendo released Animal Crossing New Horizons on the Switch. It came at a time when we needed it most. When many found themselves with more and more time and less and less control of their surroundings, Animal Crossing was released on March 20th, 2020. Taking over many people's minds, Animal Crossing is a life simulator where time passes like in real life. One hour in real life is one hour in Animal Crossing. You get a one-way ticket to an island you have full control over. You can work off your debt to Tom Nook, decorate your entire island, talk to animal neighbors, or collect bugs, fish, and fossils for your own museum. The possibilities are endless. The game gained huge success selling over 26 million copies. With so much to enjoy, I interviewed Sandy High School student Shiloh Scott about their experience. Um, I named my island Funky Town after the song by The Lips, because... I, I love the song. I think it's so cool. And I really wanted my um, island to just give off that groovy vibe. Kind of have like... I wanted each part of my island to have almost its own theme. Its own groove, you know. And hopefully that I would get villagers that were all odd looking. And a bit diverse. Was my goal. Yeah, there's a lot of villagers in the game. Um, which makes it hard to choose, but... Which one of the villagers is your favorite? Mm. Oh, it's hard to pick. I I really love both Julian and Lucky. You know, Julian is the he's the blue unicorn, the fashionista, I guess. <laughs> and Lucky is the uh, the mummy dog, who's lazy. But uh, I think I would have to go with Julian because, like, you know, he's a blue unicorn with a big ego, and I just I just love that. I don't think he could not be my favorite. All right. I actually have Lucky on my island. I got a, an amiibo card to get him. <gasps> me too. Me too. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So why do you like Animal Crossing? I just like how relaxing and peaceful it can be. You know, getting to talk to, you know, little animals is super cute and so fun. And I normally play a lot of um, fast-paced kind of stressful games and Animal Crossing just gives me like a break from all of that while I was still playing a game you know and I could just relax and forget about school and just all my stress disappears all right and so the last question is why do you think Animal Crossing is so popular I I definitely think it's again it's like the whole soothing part you know people can get really creative and imaginative imaginative with with designing their island and I, I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons people like it and plus again like you get to talk to cute little animals and you get a whole island to play around with and islands you can visit you get, you get a fish catch bugs it's just a great game Animal Crossing has a way of connecting people 
With many updates to come and more hours to play, Animal Crossing is the perfect example of how video games are more than what meets the eye. Who wouldn't love a game where you get to talk to cute little animals? Video games have come a long way since the first Animal Crossing game on the Nintendo GameCube in 2001. So have smartphones since the 2001 original iPod, sparking the timeless question, Apple or Android? Hello, my friends. Welcome back to this week's Piocast. Today, we're going to be talking about technology, more specifically, smartphones. Since the release of the first smartphone back in 1992 by IBM, tons of different companies have tried to create their own version of this piece of technology. However, Arguably, no two companies have been in the spotlight for quite as long as Samsung and Apple. Samsung with their Galaxy S and Note series phones, and Apple with their trademark iPhone. So today, I've decided to finally settle the debate about which company is superior. To do that, I asked my good friend Wade Fisher to come onto the segment with me and debate. Let's get started. So, why do you prefer Apple over Android? You know, from the beginning, uh, I've just been an Apple person, like, you know... Our, like one of our first computers was like a, a Mac, and um, my first phone was an iPod Touch 3. Um, and I, you know, I think just from the beginning, I just start off that way, you know. Um, but I do think there's just some some public hatred and pressure, like pressure to to get an iPhone, but also hatred towards Samsung uh, because I feel like I've seen a lot of shaming towards Samsung users. Um, so I know there is some pressure. I'm just going to be totally honest all, to all the iPhone users. I know there's some pressure on it. But I do actually enjoy many features that the iPhone brings along. I think that it is sim- way simpler to use. My grandparents have a, a Samsung phone, and they are you know not very good with tech at all. And every time I help them, I have no idea what to do because it's very confusing. Um, so I just think the whole Apple interface is a lot more simple to use, and I like how it's already laid out for me instead of having to you know, jump around in weird places where I don't know where to go. So I'm actually on the opposite end of the spectrum. I really love Samsung because it's so customizable. And yeah, I'm kind of speaking on behalf of Samsung users here because I do own a Samsung phone and not just a normal Android phone. So I'm kind of talking about Samsung's UI instead of just the default Android UI. But I really like Samsung because it's super customizable. Like I can put the Google search bar anywhere I want on my home screen. I can put my icons anywhere I want. I can have my app drawer. I can have a separate screen for my apps. Uh, Just a whole bunch of super cool customizable stuff like that. I can remap the buttons on my phone to do different things. So if I want to like double tap my Bixby button, I can have it pause music or play music, stuff like that. And just overall, I think that Samsung has a better UI if you want to be able to customize your stuff more. And in addition to that, I also really like Samsung's cameras. Like, I know a lot of people have some beef with them because they think that they oversaturate the cameras, but I actually really like that because it makes it just pop all that more. And also, they are, I think they're the only phone with a 100 times zoom lens, which, like, It's not that cool because it's still digital, so you're still going to lose quality. But it's still interesting that they have, like, so many good cameras on their phones. And I know an argument can be made that Apple also has good cameras, like the iPhone 12. I think that the Apple cameras are also pretty freaking awesome. Um, I will say I was very impressed to see the the 100 times zoom. Um, But I think quality overall for the camera is pretty similar. And I actually... 
Spencer was saying about the saturation, I don't like that. I think that's kind of um, irritating to take pictures with, and it's not something that I always want on my photos. Fair enough. So that about wraps up our debate. You can see why we're on different sides. We may truly never know the question to which is actually better, because at the end of the day, it just comes down to personal preference. One thing that phones have in common, along with every other screen you spend time staring at, is that they all emit blue light. Hear from Elle Schreiner and Sabin Schulfer about the effects of technology on student health. Hi, I'm Sabin Schulfer. And I am Elle Schreiner. When you are on a computer or a cell phone in class, do your eyes start to hurt? Do you get a headache? Are your classmates more distracted by things off topic? Although technology in the classroom is useful for learning and researching, it may have a dangerous impact on a student's social and physical health. Have you noticed that with technology in the classroom, students tend to be distracted by a YouTube video or a game? Let's ask senior DJ Garriga, who's taking Edgenuity classes, his habits with electronic devices. During class or whenever you do your schoolwork, how often do you get distracted by technology such as your phone or video games? A good amount, just because like it's always just sitting there and my notifications are going off. But like, if I really like want to put myself into the work, I can. What types of things distract you the most? Probably social media, mainly, and like music. How much time per day do you think you spend on your phone? Probably like seven or eight hours. What is the actual amount of screen time you spend? Um, six hours and 54 minutes. Does that amount surprise you? Was it less or more than you thought you spent? Less, but it still doesn't surprise me at all. Do you usually use your okay. phone or other type of technology right before you sleep? Yeah, I try not to, but I usually end up playing video games or watching a show before I go to sleep. Do you think this affects your sleep at all? Possibly. I feel like it's pretty easy to go to sleep without social media, but I feel like everybody takes it just as like a regular thing to just like watch TV or go on your phone before you go to bed. Now let's ask senior Parker Myers, who's taking the virtual route of school, some of his habits with electronic devices. During class, how often do you get distracted by technology such as your phone or video games? I like to think that during class, um, while I take most of my classes asynchronously, um, I do take some classes occasionally, like I'll pop it in class. And usually when I do, I I stay pretty um, on focus most of the time. What types of things distract you the most? I would probably just say like the phone. Um, would probably be the most, or just like regular things that are happening in in your house at the time, Um, things that are going on around you. How much time per day do you think you spend on your phone? Total? Uh, I'd probably say, I don't know, eight hours maybe. How much time do you actually spend on your phone? I think the average is about five hours, 44 minutes. Was that a surprise to you? Was it way less or way more than you thought it was? Actually, yeah, I thought it was more. Yeah, I thought or I thought that was less than what I originally had assumed. Do you usually use your phone or look at other types of technology right before you go to sleep? Yeah, I would say so, yes. Do you think this affects your sleep at all? 
does if it keeps me up. Um, but I would, I would say so. Yeah, maybe. Did you know that the blue light emitting from your devices can cause you some serious trouble? Blue light at night can throw off your circadian rhythm or sleep cycle, and can make it more difficult to get a good night's rest. George Brainard, a neurologist at Thomas Jefferson University and one of the first researchers to study light's effects on the body's hormones and circadian rhythms, found that melatonin levels in volunteers watching the LED screens took longer to rise at night compared with when the participants were watching the fluorescent screens, and the deficit persisted throughout the evening. Low melatonin levels mean that you will have a harder time sleeping at night and can have a harder time focusing due to sleep deprivation during the day. But there are things you can do to make this better. For instance, there are products that you can use as protection from blue lights, such as blue light blocking glasses and apps. Some phones have a nighttime mode, which reduces the blue light your phone emits. And if you need a nightlight, you could use a dim red light in place of an LED. The red light is less likely to suppress melatonin levels. Technology can also have a negative impact on a developing student's physical health. Liz Sultan, a Harvard Law graduate, writes on digitalresponsibility.org, when you bend your head down, the head is no longer supported by the whole system of the vertebrae, but only by the neck. This puts unnecessary strain on the neck muscles and can lead to pain, including tension and headaches. Laptops create especially poor posture for the neck, as users tend to hunch down to look at them. As we use laptops in school, students start to get a bad posture because of sitting at the laptop, especially if they're sitting in bed or on a couch. Sitting at a desk rather than in a bed and using a decent chair can make a huge difference in your physical health. It can affect your vision, too. As the American International Medical University describes, the main visual symptoms reported by visual display terminal users include eye strain, tired eyes, irritation, and sometimes double vision, thus termed the phrase computer vision syndrome. This explains that technology can cause damaged eyesight to a developing student. Look out the window and take some breaks from your computer screens to give your eyes a rest. Walking around and looking at objects farther away from you for a short period of time will help reduce the strain your eyes feel when you are on your computer all day. Although technology is dangerous on student health, it is also used as an important resource. For instance, it makes researching easier for students and teachers and administrators can grade and analyze data more easily. Yes, computers are used to help make school life easier, but it is still important to be cognizant of student health. Although technology in the classroom is a time saver and has been a necessary part of distance learning, if we're not careful, it can have a negative effect on a student's social and physical health. Sitting up straight, sitting at a desk, reading before bed instead of watching YouTube, and taking some breaks throughout the day to walk around and go outside are perfect ways for you to look out for your health. Take care of yourself, Sandy High School. Although some may fear the fast advancements of technology, the potential connections that technology made is really what gives it its value. The way people can find something to argue about, research, and explore is something many would never have dreamed about. It even allows us to share our voices with you. Listen for the next episode of Piocast in two weeks. See you then. 
Piocast is a pioneer digital media production. Our program director is Katie Fisher. Segments produced by Wade Fisher, Spencer Jones, Sabin Schulfer, and Elle Schreiner. This episode was hosted by me, Lucy Gilchrist, and edited by Spencer Jones.